Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Coming up on today's Better Together. I had to make peace with a few labels. The first label was selfish. The second label was ungrateful. The second, la- the, the third label was like completely lost, completely broken, black sheep. Like I basic or oh, the villain. I was the villain in the whole story. I was a traitor to my belief system and all of that. So I had to make peace with all of these labels and it was extremely painful. So it's just like very often we spend we spend a lot of time battling the ways people are looking at us and we're like no i'm not this i'm not that i'm not that i'm just like i was at a place where i was like fine if you're gonna look at me that way that's all right i'm gonna take the space i need and i have accepted that this is what i choose to do it's okay if we don't see things the same way we spent two years without even calling for birthdays that's what happened in the facts and you know, I missed weddings, literally, yep. where I'd, I wasn't welcome. Um, that's that was the reality of it for me, and it was extremely painful, extremely excruciating. At some point in time, I tried the journey of like bypassing it, meaning you know, just focusing on the the love and light, and not trying to feel what was inside my body. I tried, I didn't work. And at some point I was just like, I can't keep going that way. It's not working. You know, it's like I was feeling everything in my body tensing and my body was like, bro, you got to dive in here and really work with what is in here. 
I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. People that cause you to feel as if you have to walk on eggshells are gatekeepers of your power. They are unconsciously inviting you to let your voice be heard with more assertiveness or to define stronger boundaries. That quote is from the young and enlightened guru, philosopher, thinker, healer, uh, Xavier Dagba, who's on our show today. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about Xavier. He's a trauma-informed transformational life coach, shadow work facilitator, and intuitive healer who likes to think of himself as an emotional alchemist, a beautiful, wise, and evolved soul. Xavier encourages us to lead from our heart, not our wounds. (laughs) We discovered Xavier on Instagram, where his following is far too modest, considering how truly profound, advanced, and helpful his teachings are. Destined to become one of the great philosophers and healers of our century, better together in the Heal Squad, please give a warm welcome to Xavier Dagba. Hello, my friend. I'm having shivers over here. Like, um, I'm like, who's this guy talking about? Because I'm just, I'm just going on social and you know, sharing what resonates with me and what has resonated with me. So, you know, it's validating tremendously to see that it's it's resonating with you guys as well. So I'm just, you know, it's just a deep honor to be here for me. And hopefully what comes out of this conversation can shift to one or two people out there. That's That's all I can hope for. Right. Yeah. And, and I know it's going to shift me. I, it already does by by you know Kelsey is the one who and her mom were following you and then they turned me on to you and uh and you're you know god I I feel like we have to get a little bit into where you came from before we get into your teachings yeah um because you your your family it's an age old story that I've lived that my wife who hosts the shows live where your parents had one thing for you to do that you know they wanted you to be an economist or probably something white collar or in business and you yeah. choose not to do that. And yeah. tell us what happens. So basically, I sold them into that vision. They they wanted to, me to be a mathematics teacher before, and I got the degree, and I was like, no, there is more for me. Economics is it. And they believed. They were like, okay, um, you want to do this? We support you. You get the scholarship. Everything is paid. You get to go to Canada to to do this thing. We support you. So I sold them into that vision. And then I came in here like one year into the program, two years into the program, grades are not really an issue, but the life that I'm seeing for myself on the other end, it's like, it's not appealing. Spending 12 hours researching, reading stuff and stuff that are, you know, intrinsically not really aligning with me anymore that I'm going to be teaching. And I'm just like, I cannot do that. I want to help people but I want to do that in a way that is really going to shift them, empower them, and not just like having these big institutions that are going to define how people should behave and what they should do in order to feel empowered 
at least for, from the financial standpoint. So I was like, I'm going to drop out. And I didn't tell my parents for a year and a half. So they find out a year and a half in, I was, I was sure they would have stopped me. They would have guilt, you know, tripped me into continuing the, the journey. So I didn't tell them and I dropped out. So when they find out, they was like this disowning the disowning messages because you know I come from a very Christian Catholic family, um, disowning messages, um, and it was just heartbreaking. Um, it uncovered so much more. I I I never knew it was there. You know, just like what I can see clearly, abandonment wounds. I didn't even have the language for all of that. So it uncovered all of this pain and I was isolated and alone and it brought me in a deep depression for so many years. And the thing is, at that time, I was so broke that I couldn't afford professional help to work through the depression and all of that. So I was reading everything I could and trying to apply that on myself. So that was my initiation. I was reading, taking you know, a few hundred dollars trainings here and there, learning a modality and being like, okay, I'm going to be my own healer. I'm going to practice on myself. I'm going to apply this on myself. So that was my journey for, for a little while, like trying to learn as much as I could, practicing it on myself. And then I was like, okay, let's see what I can offer to the world. Let's see what I can do with everything that I'm learning. And First, I was like, okay, I'm going to help people with their nutrition and fitness. That's what I thought I was meant to do. We, we even have, had, a, we had a gym in Montreal. And I was like, I am just helping people at the surface level. I can see there is so much more because I had been through that path. I was like, well, this person is clearly having the same kind of thing that I was having. It's an emotional issue. It's not just an eating issue. It's not just like a, a lifestyle diet issue. There is more in there. And on the side, I started just like coaching them. Be like, how about you do this? How about you do this? How about you? You know, there is this. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. You thing, this like EFT thing. How about you just practice that? I know it's a little weird. How about you do that? And let me know how you feel. Because I'm seeing that your eating stuff has way more to do with what is going on between, you know, this relationship that you have or the anger, resentment that you have here about your partner, mom or whatever. So I was seeing this connection and I was like, okay, how about you try this? And then we're going to shift and adapt your nutrition or your, your fitness or whatever. So at some point in time, I was like, I am just playing hide and seek with what I feel like is my true calling here. 
And at the very moment where we got pregnant with my first son, that was early 2018, I was like, I'm not going to be the example of a dad that is toying with his purpose, that is just, you know, refusing to dive in all in. And I just decided to drop everything and give it a fair shot. So that was 20, early 2018. And, you know, since then I've been doing the work and here we are. And your parents, um, and again, this is familiar to myself and my wife, they eventually, of course, come around. Yes. But not um, a full understand, not a, but with, without a full understanding of what it is you do. And again, I understand that. And as my wife does too. Yeah. They have no idea about the work I'm doing till this day. <laughs> they don't understand it and they don't even want to. Um, they we, We've had some sort of reconciliation and I've had even my dad send me a message being like, I never understood how to really work with the sensitivities of six children. So if I did anything to hurt you, I deeply apologize. And that brought me on my knees, just like that recognition, like out of the blue, I'm receiving that message and I'm on WhatsApp reading it in the Metro in Montreal. I just start crying. Yeah. So I received that message and that was like a circle, you know, it, it was like a full circle moment for me. And he still doesn't understand the spiritual stuff that I dive into. He mm -hmm. still doesn't understand most of what I'm doing. And he was just like, if this is what you like. If this is if you are able to pay your bills and if you're able to yes. live decently, but live there's a victory. The but there's a victory in, in in in. And I don't even know if it's the word victory, but there's um there's movement in the fact that he acknowledged because I can yes. already feel who he is, and for yeah. that man from that generation, from that yeah. culture to say, you know, I had six kids, and I didn't. It was too much. And I, that admission was a giant step for him. And that's yeah. why it, it, it brought out that emotion in you. Do you. Are you of the belief that sometimes when we do the work, we do the work for them? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think there's a connection between the work you did on yourself and him having that giant step to say that? A hundred percent, yes. A hundred percent, yes. Because... You know, there is what uh, psychologists call internal family systems. And there is also what spiritual people would say, constellations and energetic constellations in a family, which is the energy of one affects the energy of all the rest. Like we are in this collective experience where we decided to come together as a soul group. And we are sharing that um, this is, spiritual people like people who work with constellation would tell you you are sharing this collective soul group together and when the energy shifts in one person it is affecting the energy of all the people in the family it's disrupting that dynamics so in my experience the work that i did a lot with my dad was releasing releasing anger and resentment mm. because he was so deep my dad was the he was and my dad is the i come from a lineage of family man my dad has always provided has always been there sometimes a little bit too strict with protection we grew up in a neighborhood that was extremely dangerous literally and he was like 
you know, past this hour, no one goes out. And I had that rebellious soul. You know, when I started going to college, I was like, man, I am an adult now. I want to go out with my, like, I felt constricted by my dad a lot. And at some point he also had, you know, fallouts with my mom and, um, you know, relationship issues that tarnished the, 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 the beautiful image that I had of him as a young child. So there was like a disrupt, there was deep anger, resentment in there mm-hmm. that I had to work to release because I had this image of an amazing man. And when one day my mom came to us bursting in tears, telling us that my dad had some sort of affair and that we had a, a sibling that we didn't know about, mm-hmm. you know, we got broken in that moment. So that image of the man got, you know, shattered. And there was deep anger, deep resentment. And I worked through that. And when I released that, it was almost a matter of weeks or days. It was a matter of weeks or days. And I received that message for uh, from him. Wow. So for me, it has been my experience. There is definitely a relationship there. There is a deep correlation there that has been my experience. Yeah. And so it can work the other way where you have the one negative force in a family system. And I see yeah. a lot of these merry-go-rounds, right? You're not in any system, by the way. It could be a, a work family, a family, a friendship group, where everyone's on that dysfunctional merry-go-round just going in a circle um, because there's the one person that is, you know, but you can be the one to step off the ride, yes. and, but it is painful. It's Absolutely. loneliness. Yeah. But in the end you're going to get rewarded. And more than likely, I think the bonus ball is that all those those people that you did love, they're going to heal too because of your courage and strength to step off the ride. Absolutely. And this is what showed up in my whole journey. You know, my family, to a certain degree, they haven't changed much. Let's say they still have the same beliefs that they had, but they've been able to meet me kind of halfway. Like, we understand that you are in you know interested and invested in this new lifestyle and you know it doesn't keep us from loving you it doesn't keep you from loving us as much as long as we maintain a certain degree of respect a certain degree of like you know decency and this is what i've noticed is like they are still the same people they go to church every day they pray every night same things you know, they have the same beliefs, mm-hmm. but my dad is able to look at me and be like, I respect that you're doing this. And he's like, I don't need to understand. Please don't explain to me all the details of that, because I know you're going to start shatter. You're going to start not ready. attacking my beliefs. Yeah, he's not ready. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah, he's like, I am clearly not ready. And I I respect that. Wow. I I respect that. And, and you must, I know you're going to affirm what I'm about to say to you but I think it's important for people to hear. Once again, you end up going on this journey, having all of these amazing life breakthroughs, now becoming who you are, but none of it happens without the pain and suffering uh, you dealt with growing up, the the pain of leaving the family, yes. right? The journey to Canada, have, having the courage to say, no, I'm going to do what's in my heart and the strength to... Love yourself enough to say, I come first and I love you, family, but if I have to lose your love to live my purpose, I'm willing to do that. And then all the pain that went along with it. But then, as you were saying, 
all the breakthroughs that came from you. Like you didn't realize you had abandonment issues. You didn't realize. So was, was, can you speak to the fact that all of these things that happened are in fact a gift, no matter how painful they feel? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's like what you pointed out beautifully is that I had to make peace with a few labels. The first label was selfish. The second label was ungrateful. The second, la- the, the third label was like completely lost, completely broken, black sheep. Like I basic or the villain. I was the villain in the whole story. I was a traitor to my belief system and all of that. So I had to make peace with all of these labels and it was extremely painful. So it's just like very often we spend, we spend a lot of time battling the ways people are looking at us. And we're like, no, I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm just like, I was at a place where I was like, fine, if you're going to look at me that way, that's all right. I'm going to take the space I need. And I have accepted that this is what I choose to do. It's okay if we don't see things the same way. We spent two years without even calling for birthdays. That's what happened in the facts. And, you know, I missed weddings, literally, where I, I wasn't welcome um that's that was the reality of it for me and it was extremely painful extremely excruciating at some point in time i tried the journey of like bypassing it meaning you know just focusing on the the love and light and not trying to feel what was inside my body i tried that didn't work and at some point i was just like i can't keep going that way it's not working you know it's like I was feeling everything in my body tensing and my body was like, bro, you got to dive in here and really work with what is in here. And so when we talk about working with it, it's, it's acknowledging it, right? It's coming to, right. Coming to that understanding. And then what can we do? You know, because the first thing is you're right. We're angry and all those other things. Yes. So how do we, yeah. How do we reduce that or come to terms with it the way you did? So the first thing, the first thing that I did is you mentioned acknowledging all of that, surrendering to all of that as well. And remember, I was doing this all on my own and it doesn't need to be the journey of people that are going through that. People can find there are so many practitioners out there that can hold space for you as you're processing all these dense emotions. I I don't see any emotion as negative. I see them as heavy, light, dense, but I don't see any emotion, even shame and anger or like grief. I don't see any emotion as negative. They are only ever informing us and the body is only ever willing to process the emotions. But we have that weird and beautiful ability. We can suppress our capacity to feel. And that's what I was doing for a long time. We can really try to suppress the emotions. I'm going to give you an, an example. When your body, get you, you get a cut on the body, that pain, if your body is working well. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. That pain is something that you don't have control over. You feel it immediately. You feel it immediately, and it is a signal to the white cells of your body to go where there is the cut, there is the inflammation, and to begin to work to heal that part of you. Now, if you look at the emotional body as another system, the the dense emotions are signaling to you that, okay, there there is something here, there is a perception that is not really fully aligned with your highest expression of self perception because in my experience emotion feelings are very often responding to a perception like i was seeing myself as abandoned i was seeing myself as unloved i was seeing myself as betrayed i was seeing myself as rejected and because of it i was feeling anger i was feeling rage i was feeling sadness i was feeling grief because of that perception that was anchored So very often when we suppress emotionally, we are not giving permission to what I want to call the soul to do the work of emotional healing. We often think we are the healers. We often, and even practitioners, we often think that the the practitioner is the one doing the healing. The practitioner is holding the space so that you surrender to being in the presence of an emotion. And when you allow yourself to surrender, the same way you're not able to block the pain in your body, the white cells are signaled, okay, I need to go there and fix this thing. When you do that emotionally, what I just, what I often like to say is the light of the soul works through you to shift the emotional temperature. So way people, giving that permission to actually be present with the emotion, it's as if you are meditating, but in, instead of a thought, you are working with an emotional state. You are the witness of the emotion. You are the witness of what is going on within you. We often feel like emotions are going to destroy us, mm-hmm. but they are going to process us. So giving yourself permission to be the witness of the emotional work and just perceiving it and really accepting what is going on there without identifying with the emotion, without identifying with the weather, without creating the identification, I am anger. I am experiencing anger. Anger is here. I am feeling anger. I am not anger. I am this space where anger is showing up and it's actually signaling something to me, but it's actually willing to be witnessed. There are so many practices that I used back then and that I still use sometimes. Emotional freedom technique or tapping is one of them. I was I learned it. I was doing it on my own. And this is something that helped me tremendously release the anger. And this is something that so many practitioners there and even people can learn that. They can go and just look up on the internet. Emotional freedom technique, what does that look like? There are small Um, Even on YouTube, people can find things. And I'm not saying people should self-diagnose or do all things like that necessarily, but that was my journey. 
Yeah, you know, no. I was at that place where I didn't have the support and the help that I needed. So everything I can put my hand on that yes. was resonating, I was like, I'm going to give it a try. I I'm think it's important it. because most people don't have the money or the resources. So you got to try yeah. something um, yeah. and hopefully that leads you to a better place and more means. And then you can get more advanced. Yeah. When you talk about perception, can we go back to that? Because I, how do we get an accurate perception? Because, right, sometimes you have a false perception of yes. of things, right? And I think that will take you down a really bad rabbit hole, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, what, has come, what has come on and on and on for me is very often when there is emotional pain, there is a perception that is not aligned with, if I'm going to put this thing, if I'm going to put this in the... Um, a spiritual framework it's like we are all spiritual beings having a human experience all spiritual beings having this human experience meaning the energy of vibration of spirit is like love is joy it is you know everything that is extremely elevated it's that extremely high vibration and whenever we are feeling separate from that is because we are hosting perspectives that are not in alignment with that perspective of spirit, meaning I am hosting in this moment beliefs, thoughts that cause me, like spirit gives me feedback through emotion. It's like emotions are really, when you look at things that way, some sort of navigation system. I am abandoned. I feel pain. Spirit is telling you, not quite true. It feels like it, yes, but not quite ultimately true. I am rejected. I feel, I feel sorrow. I feel grief. I feel sadness, which is this, the signal from spirit. Yes, it feels like it, but it is not quite true. It is very separated from the highest expression of who you are. Does it mean that you get to bypass how you're feeling? No. It means that you really give yourself permission to be a true friend to yourself. Because very often what we do is we are only willing to be present with ourselves. We are on, we, with ourselves. We are only willing to be present when we're happy. We are only willing to be present when we are joyful, when things are going well. And this is the reason why people are taking drugs. This is the reason why people are trying to numb. This is the reason why people are not willing to, to feel the pain because unconsciously, we do not want to be present with ourselves when we feel like shit. I'm sorry for my French here. Okay. So when we give permission to ourselves to actually become aware and become present of an emotion and to ask ourselves, what is the story that I created around this emotion? What is the story that is feeding how I'm feeling right now? What is the story that is at the origin of how I'm feeling right now? And whenever you feel sorrow or guilt or pain, you are at a place where that story doesn't match the truth of who you are. Now, is so, that story accurate? When I say, is that story accurate? What does it mean? Is it a fact? Let's say in my experience, was it a fact that my parents um, rejected me? Yes, that is a fact. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. That is my experience. It doesn't negate that. Is that painful? Yes, 
Hell yes, I can be with that. I can accept the condition, but I can also perceive that there is way more to it. There is way more to it. There is a disconnection from the truth, from the highest elevated perspective that I am. I am identifying too much with the only the human, and I am disconnected too much from my heart, most um, from my spiritual perspective. I'm not sure if this kind of helps. No, but. it does. It does. So, so, and like, let's stay with your story. Mm-hmm. So, your you, my parents rejected me. That's a fact. So, I'm in yes. a lot of pain about that, and I feel abandoned in that, on the human level. But then yes. on the spiritual level, what what was the truth? I, on the spiritual level, the, the truth was there is appropriateness in what is happening right now. There is appropriateness in what is happening right now. Very often that sounds like it. Very often um, that spiritual, that higher spiritual truth is there is appropriateness in what is happening right now. It doesn't mean that they are necessarily evil. It doesn't mean that they are um, broken beings. It just means that they are at a place where they cannot truly see what I need. And that's okay. It has never fully been their job to fully validate me. I gave them that responsibility as a child. It has never been fully their job in adulthood. It has never been fully their job to validate my choices. I gave that to them. It has never been fully their job to actually see me for the fullest expression of who I am. It has never been their job. I put that into their hands. So there is a deep aspect which is very, very hard. And when we, when we are identifying with the wounded, we are projecting responsibility. When we are identifying with our power, we are reclaiming responsibility. Meaning when we are in pain, and this is the reason why so many people will happen to feel dissonance here. They will be like, yes, they did this to me. Yes. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is their fault. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes, and yes. And I often tell to people, you are absolutely right. There is no part of me that wants to discredit what is happening here. This is what happened and this is how it felt. And at certain at a certain point when you are willing to shift, it takes to reclaim that perspective of like, what is that ultimate truth here that will make me feel a little bit more expensive in my body? And very 
often it means reclaiming responsibility. It means reclaiming responsibility. I gave them consciously or subconsciously the power to validate me. And when they didn't, I felt pain. I gave them consciously or subconsciously the power to this to agree, to basically decide if what I was doing was right was right or wrong. And when they didn't, I was hurting. And those things, when we put them in people, when we put our integrity in other people's hands, whether we love them or not, when we put our sovereignty in other people's hands, when we put our validation in other people's hands, when we put responsibility in other people's hands, we suffer. So that has been my um, experience of just reclaiming all of that. Wow. And that's a big one because on so many levels, because it goes back to something you said earlier about labels and, you know, other people, us giving the power away to let other people label us. Yeah. When, my goodness, and we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm processing all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, God, we should talk. I mean, I have all these topics I want to go over with you. <laughs> My goodness. Um, this is something I'm seeing a lot. Well, this, this quite leads into the victim mindset too. Yeah. Because there's a three or four other major topics that I see going on right now yeah. that are epidemic. Yeah. Talk talk about the victim mindset because this is very similar to what you're saying here. The victim is giving the power away. Absolutely. And honestly, it's very, very loud right now in the field because, you know, I have to just um, say it as I see it, which is there is a lot of like collective trauma that is happening. Mm. A lot of collective trauma that is happening. And it can first, you know, the trauma of being told, you know, that you must stay in your house for the, for let's say a whole year or more. Mm -hmm. It's as if you are back in childhood and your parents are grounding you (laughs) and you cannot do anything against it. (laughs) Like we are seeing grown adults being told you can't leave your house, being told you can't open your business, being told, and you know, it, it really doesn't matter how people perceive this whole situation. But when you are looking at that from a trauma-informed in, perspective, so many people are brought back to their childhood mm. where there is an authority that is telling them you, you can do this and you cannot do this. This is right. This is wrong. You put your mask. It's right. You don't put your mask. You're evil. You do this. It's right. You don't do this. You are evil. So there is a lot of that that is happening. And people are literally brought to their infancy, to their childhood. And they are like, holy cow, what is going on here? So there is a lot of collective trauma that is happening. Now, people can debate all day long about the validity of all these measures. And that's not really the point where I would like to go. It's just, I see so many people that are brought back that their wounds are open wide again. Their wounds are just open again. And so many people do not understand what is actually going on because they are not seeing that from the perspective of, uh, from a trauma-informed perspective. Like so many are, are being brought back to childhood 
And you will see that the people that feel the most stable in the whole situation are usually those who have done already a lot of work on themselves. But those that, that feel very disrupted by it are very often brought back to that place where we are just at the mercy of something else, of another entity, meaning government, officials, authorities, and they are just telling us what, basically telling you who you are, yeah. telling you yeah. what you're allowed to do. So there, it brings up that victim mentality. Mm. It really anchors that deeply. And you see a lot of people going out and really acting from that place. And very often, unconsciously, they are acting from that place, meaning I don't have power. My, my power is not within me. My power is in the hands of an authority, someone else. My power is even in your hands. If you do not do this, then you are attacking my safety. If you do not, you know, if you do not uh, put your mask on, if you do not, you know, abide by this new rule that we have in a society, because this is a narrative. And I'm not here to criticize a narrative. I'm here to analyze what is going on. Mm -hmm. So very often people start, when I, when I approach the, the, the dynamics of what is going on collectively here, people might happen to be triggered. But when you look just from a trauma-informed perspective, the narrative is if someone doesn't do something, he is directly attacking your own safety. So you are his victim. So yeah. there is that narrative that is really, really strong mm -hmm. right now that is anchoring on safety. And so many people are, have been walking for a whole year like stress balls. So in some sort of paranoia state, mm -hmm. which means it is extremely loud in this moment. And unfortunately, um, that's what I've been seeing. And it takes, what, what it does in my experience though, it brings people at that place of reclamation of sovereignty. It, it invites you to go at a place where in order to make peace with what is going on collectively right now, you either need to anchor yourself more powerfully in, I am a sovereign person, meaning my freedom or my ability to make choices for myself. I'm invited to redefine it in a way that is more powerfully aligned with my, let's say, spiritual nature, or you're gonna see so many other people that are gonna repress themselves a little bit more, feeling like the world is just an extreme and safe place, and it feels this way for so many people at the moment. My prediction is because of the way all, all the things, things have been unfolding last year, we're gonna see more and more people, or we're gonna see so many people even when, even when all the measures of restriction that we have right now go away, they will be in a in such a traumatized place yes. that they will choose to stay isolated for the rest of their lives. Yeah. This is my this is what I yes. feel. Well well in, in our country, I will tell you when I was a little little boy, there were older people who had closets full of canned food. Yeah. Like too much. And for back then, it was, it, was, it was not a Costco universe where you had bulk items. And I just remember, and, and my mother would say, well, 
you see, they went through the depression where they had no food. Yes. So they always have more. I know a lot of Holocaust survivors yeah. who had a government come in and take everything they owned away from them yeah. and kill them. And the few that survived were like, that's never going to happen again. So I'm going to have money in mattresses, cookie jars, other country, and, and, and amassing millions and millions and millions of dollars. And yet it's, it's not enough because they're so scared they're going to lose it all again. And they think with, there's been studies and I don't know enough about this, but that it's even now in the DNA. So even with the Holocaust survivors of uh, uh, relatives of today, uh, the descendants of American slaves yes. have so much trauma mm. in their DNA. Absolutely. And you see the reactions. And yes, I I believe you are. We've seen this before. People, oh, that's just tragic. Isolated the rest of your life. Oh my God, people do the work. Please listen to this man. Oh my God. Like that's hard. Isolated the rest of your life. I, this is, and it is, it is really, it is really tremendous what is happening because if you look at what is really going on from a trauma informed perspective, you see, you're seeing that anxiety is through the roof. You're seeing that stress is through the roof. You're seeing that suicide rates are through the roof. So we are in this place where it is. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Not a luxury to actually dive and do the emotional work. It has become survival. It's a necessity. It's a necessity. It, and also it, we need it, to and we need to evolve too. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Um absolutely. There's two things that, that come to mind here. And I thank you for these breakthroughs for me so, myself personally. You're welcome. But I realize when I have these moments as someone from my generation who's down on the younger generation, as is traditional, I yeah. realize much of it is coming from a trauma-informed perspective. Yes. It's the child in me yeah. who's like, wait, why do they get iPhones at the age of five? Why do they get everything their way? I didn't get that. Yeah. So I'm angry. Yes. And now Absolutely. and that's it's coming from that place, which is amazing. And I feel like we've we've Gabby Bernstein's a friend of ours, and I wanna what you and I are gonna do some work because there's work I want to do with you for your career, you know, because your message is amazing and we need to get you out there in a big way. And I promise you, we will. I've said this many times and I've never been wrong. You. So, you know, as long as Thank the person you. wants to go along for the ride, I'll get you there. I promise. Um, and the world needs us. But Gabby Bernstein has a book called um, Judgment Detox. Yes. So we all move to judgment 
based on these trauma-informed perspectives. So I think Kelsey has that here probably in our mm-hmm. list, right? Is is just yeah. we're all so judgmental. Yes. And it's based, I it is based on these traumas you're talking about from growing up and even probably later in life. But can you talk yes. about the um the dangers of being judgmental or or whatever you would have to say about it? Like, honestly, judgment is really a beautiful, and I'm sorry when I say beautiful, I'm not saying um, that it's something that is nice to have, but it's just a fascinating, yeah, fascinating is the word, fascinating thing to analyze. And I've read the book of Gabby Bernstein, and I really love her work. And something that I've seen in my own experience, it is this key distinction that has worked for me and usually works for other people. It is being non-judgmental doesn't mean not having judgments because the simple fact that you have a mind invites you to a place of having opinions and based on opinions judgments are created preferences are created so being non-judgmental doesn't mean that you don't have any judgments because i see a lot of people shaming themselves for having judgments for just having opinions for having preferences and they think they shouldn't. And here's the here's the key point: being non-judgmental, in my experience, means not taking action from your judgments. Mm. It's like you are able to see and observe and hold space, literally. And that came from one of my biggest teachers. His name is Robert Augustus Masters, um, and I learned shadow work through his work, which is. Being at a space where you are observing your own judgments that are coming very often from your conditioning. You talked about the child that didn't have a phone. You talked about me, for example, I wasn't allowed to go to a party, you know, before 14. I didn't have my first phone. I had my first phone. I was 16, I think. So when you are in these places where you are, it triggers something that happened in your childhood, which is, Oh, these children today, nowadays, these youngsters, they can do all of these things. But when I wanted to do that, when I was younger, it was just a no. And that was hurtful. It was a hell no. It wasn't even a possibility. So there is a part of me that is feeling activated there because the luxury that they have today is something that I didn't have when I was younger. And And you go ahead. You know, and I'm saying even as as an American, I... I have been to other countries, seen people suffer. You know, my wife has toured many, many war-torn, earthquake-torn, uh, famine-torn nations. And I, I get angry, like, don't you see how lucky you are? We've got potholes, we have to fix them, but don't destroy what, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I realize it's because of my trauma-informed perspective. That's absolutely right. It's like there is something in there that was like, that's like hitting you. There is way more to it. There is way more to just the judgment. And when you are able to hold space for the judgments and you don't take action from the judgments, then you are able to meet the other person more compassionately. Mm. And this is really the invitation here. It doesn't mean that you don't necessarily have preferences. I'm giving you an example of a judgment. Like all... Um, black men are this, behave like this, or do this, or do that. 
that this is something that was preconceived, maybe even passed down to you. Or all women have this thing. This is usually um, ideas that are running among men. Well, all women are a little crazy. Or all women are this or this or this or that. And this is an opinion, something that was passed on to you, something that has been generalized and, you know, just packaged, been given to you. It's present in your psyche somewhere. The brain has no erase button, you know, meaning if a conditioning was given to you, that conditioning is still recorded somewhere in your consciousness, but you can act from that consciousness or you can hold space for that and respond from a different perspective that is more centered, more aligned, more in alignment of who you truly know yourself to be, not just the conditioning that you received. So in my experience, holding space for judgments that are really opinions, perspectives that we receive that are labeling other people is very important as a skill. If in, my, if in my journey, I approach a, a client from all the, the ideas, preconceived cultural ideas that I think I know about the profile of this person, I can't be fully a safe place for the person to help them heal. Does it mean that because I have these preconceived ideas, that I'm a judgmental person, not necessarily. In my opinion, being a judgmental person is taking action from all of that. Mm. It's taking action from all of these preconceived judgments that we have. But when you are able to, to really observe your judgments, observe what you have been passed on, and you stand in a place of curiosity, in my experience, curiosity is really underrated standing in a place of curiosity where you are really genuinely interested about this soul in front of you, this human being in front of you. In my experience, that dismantles judgment. Mm. It's like you give yourself permission to have an experience that is independent of what you think you know about where this person is coming from what this person's looking like. And in my experience, this is really underrated today. Yes. Um, how, so, so when we talk about the trauma informed perspective of say a young person who grew up affluent, you grew up yes. in our perspective, you know, everyone got a trophy and uh, they were helicopter parented. Let's say they were kept in a very safe environment. Yeah. When we see the, the behaviors now is, in your opinion, is, is that their trauma-informed perspective that they're rebelling against that, or or have we put them in such a state of fear by you know with nine eleven and and school shootings and you know do we hyper protect them to a point that that now when they read the news or see what's going on they're reacting going crazy based on their traumas because I'm always trying to figure out what what it is about. Some of the people out there protesting, and, and, and I, I, I know the ones who have experienced discrimination and, 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 and all the other uh, horrible things fully understand that reaction. I don't understand, and I'm, I'm really trying to be uh, less judgmental now based on this interview. I've had some psychologists explain it to me, but I never quite understood 
why someone who grew up with a lot of means and a lot of affluence, but then was hyper-protected, why are they so angry and so triggered and everyone is bullying them and everything is a toxic and they're a victim? And mm. is, is it, be, I think you can explain it better than me. I'm going to make my guesses based on what you've already taught me, but can you help me with that? I can give a perspective and Please. I just need to give this warning. It's on your perspective, you know, and it might resonate with some people. It might not, and it might be accurate. It might also be extremely wrong. So, but this is the perspective that I have. And, um, you know, I, I, I see myself as a bridge in my work. I am fortunate enough to be able to work with, with two, two many, many communities. You know, like I support like the the black community, indigenous communities, and also I am I find this ease of also being able to connect and work with other communities. You know, uh, white communities, Caucasian communities. So there are th there are a few things that I see across the board. And the first thing that I would like to say is there has been a narrative that happened powerfully in um, the collective, and at least in the last year you know since the the racial incidents that happened in the states um it reactivated trauma within you know mm -hmm. black communities and stuff like that I it fully reactivated under fully understand that. yes that makes perfect and, sense you know and on the other side there is something there is a narrative that has been created and um this might get me a lot of fire for this but i'm just going to say it out loud which is White people are being told that they, without knowing it, that they are racist. And I challenge it. I challenge it. Like if you, of course, if you read the books and you know, the white privilege and all of that, you know, I can see how people can end up to this kind of conclusions, but I'm putting, I'm asking you to put yourself in the shoes of a young, um, a 10 year old boy or even a 20 year old um, boy or white girl that grew up having black friends and relating to them, have truly creating connection with them to a certain degree. And she is being told in this moment, or he is being told in this moment that by association, he is an oppressor. Who would like to embody that label? I assume no one. So you are just telling a person here that without his knowing, he was hurting someone else and that you are telling him that this big system has been working on oppressing his friends and he wasn't aware of that. Of course, it creates anger. Yeah. Of course, it creates rage. Of course, there is that need of wanting to signal, no, I'm not like that. No, I want to be a loving person. You know, yes, I, I want to belong with you. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. So this is, there has been a lot of that happening. And unfortunately, in my experience, there has been a lot of also white shaming happening, which is not how unity is created in my experience yeah. shame is an instrument of divide yes shame is an instrument of division yes we cannot create unity with an instrument that is meant to divide 
And this is just what I'm seeing very loudly in the field right now. And I can fully stand and say, I love my black folks, indigenous folks, Latino folks and white folks. I can stand there and say, when we sit together, I can be fully with them in the pain that they are experiencing. And I know that shaming anyone has never brought healing individually, collectively, it has never brought healing. So we are witnessing a young generation where they, unfortunately, they are being bombarded with a lot of narratives and there is an extreme level of confusion and confuse somebody enough, shame someone enough and um, put them enough in a place where they don't have clarity about what is actually happening. They, we look for belonging when we, when we are lost. When we are lost, we look for belonging. And we look for the belonging in the places that are virtue signaling the most yeah. because it feels safer over there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. So it does. in my experience, this is the reason why we see a lot of young folks that are just like, Everything is toxic. Everything is bad. Everything is like, like maybe I'm over-exaggerating here, but really that voice um, that is um, very loud. That being said, I am also fully in support of people that have had, yes, you know, of course, deep, you know, deep traumatic yep. experiences mm-hmm. due to race and due to all of yes. that. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing any of it by all means, but I'm just like, okay putting the pendulum, completely shifting the pendulum on the other side, which is usually what happens. You're going to see somebody that has gone through something very, very mm-hmm. abusive. There, and this is, this is something that's very interesting. I'm going to share that here. Very often when we have been abused, our expression, what power looks like, very often is, was modeled by the abuser. What power looks like is what the abuser modeled. The the abuser had power over us. And whether it's in narcissistic dynamics or just like abuse, abuse dynamics, this is just conditioning. And I'm not saying it to label. I'm not saying this to label anyone. But it's just like, I am modeled power through being abused. Yes. And we we don't want to be. We should not want to be... So what I used as a technique, there was someone, I grew up with a narcissist that did a lot of, that a lot of damage ensued from my relationship with this person. Hmm. One of the few things that I did, I think correctly, was to identify the things that this person did. And and I would, as as a leader, as a manager, as a human being, and I just remember saying, he was going to be my, um, my guide of the things I'm not going to do and not going to be. And you've, yeah. I've said this to you, mm-hmm. Kelsey, too, before, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh, no, that's that's what he would do. Right. I'm not doing that. And it actually, yeah. yes. listen, I and two decades later, I'm, I've, I've been very successful, at least career-wise, you know, and I think that that really helped me to not want to, I actually learned that in an old Star Trek episode. There was mm-hmm. a, a little person that they were going to inject and give him superpowers and he said, no, because yes. then I'll be like them, the 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 people in, in power at that time in this 
fictional episode had these superpowers. And he's like, I don't want it because I'll be like them, which is why I love TV and movies because it, the art really can inspire us to positive. That's a whole other thing. But yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. Is like, do you, do we want to be like the Nazis in Germany? Do we want to be like, you know, what, what went on, it, it, you know, in our country? Do we want to be like the, the villains? Do, mm -hmm. to, no, we don't want to be. Yeah. And I know it's hard to take that path because that's an easy path yeah. and it feels good to give them back what they gave you. But absolutely, ultimately our show is called better together for a reason. I know in Hollywood, the best work I've ever done has been with people from all different backgrounds, races, and orientations. It is always yeah. our best work has always been that way. And for Hollywood, the, all the hypocrisy and the, this toxicity behind the scenes um that i that has been my experience you know yeah. is that we have um done our best work and i feel i love this idea that shame divides us um because i've never been able to put it in that word i just keep saying you're dividing us we're we're, we're you're dividing us like you know and what i'm hoping for is that Maybe it's one of those things where we divide and then come back together when we heal. I don't know. Yeah. I'm hoping in you know five or 10 years, the leaders like you are going to step up and say, guys, come on now. We're better together. Let's, let's get back together. But shame is a divider. I, I will tell you as a coach, um, and again, me of lower consciousness to you. So again, and I know you're probably going to say I'm judging myself, uh, but uh, okay. it's okay. <laughs> I know. But I, I would use a tactic called shame therapy, mm -hmm. where I would say, I would remind somebody, you know, over and over again of the mistakes they would make when they were making them again. And I would do it in a joking way. And I would yeah. even use that joke of shame therapy. But now that talking to you, I realized that it's not really worked. I mean, I know with my wife, it's like shame therapy. I do it with her. And you know what? 20 years later, she still does the same things. So, you know, thank you for that gift as well for me. Um, shame is has, has never brought healing. Oh, my God. Even when it's the intention. Before you go, Xavier, because I, I know I'm going to probably take you up on what I'm going to ask you to promote right now, but tell me about Integrate Your 12-Week Program, because I think Kelsey and I, are, we're, we're going to be oh, signing up. Oh, we're doing it. Um, but can you tell us about this? If, if, if you've listened to this show, you know, the best way, best way we can give back to Xavier, I mean, he just gave his heart, his soul. This is years worth of knowledge and much more of, of his life experience that he's basically just given to all of us you know, um, for free. He has, uh, I'm hearing he has a child. He's got a family he has to support. And we need people like this to be able to have the means to continue. And the best way you can, we can help him back is to, you know, if, if we're in pain and we need help and we're of the means to sign up for his services. And I know he does private life coaching, but I like this integrate 12 week um, group experience. I feel like this is like three months to a better you. I feel like this is self-contained and out of all things I saw you're doing, I don't know why this one just seemed the most quantifiable spoke to me for people who just kind of want to get in there and make a big difference in a short amount of time. I just want to take a second to thank you, you know, first for having me here. And before even talking about the services and stuff, just 
you know, to thank you for the work that you're doing with this podcast, because this is what I needed, like personally, when I was feeling so isolated and I didn't know, uh, you know, where to find that help. You know, podcasts went so much of a thing back in 2012, 2013. There were a few, but like what you are bringing here is so potent. It's so important for people. So I just want to acknowledge that and even say thank you for the fact that you're willing to promote my work. What I can say about Integrate, it is really a group coaching experience where we get to dive in deep. Um, I've tried like some modalities that really didn't help me. Like I've tried to just like run away from what I was feeling within. It didn't work for me. And it was actually painful for quite a while to drag that emotion emotional pain through my experience and integrate is a 12-week journey where I really dive in deeply with people they're gonna it's a small circle like um I am fortunate enough to have a team that is working with me to provide the the utmost level of safety so that people feel empowered to share their story truthfully so we work with a very small group for three months. We have weekly group coaching calls and stuff like this, but this is not really the most important. The most important is the process that I bring people through because we get to dive into all these dark places and we get to do serious shadow work because the parts of us that we usually disown, they do not go away. They run the show usually in the back, you know, in the shadow. And what I've seen in my own story is the more you are able to own and work through your shadows, the more you are able to take conscious leadership. And I often talk about this thing, leading from your heart and not leading from your wounds. For a long time in my life, I was leading my life from my wounds. I didn't have any relationships, like I wouldn't allow any friendships. And that was leading from the fear of getting hurt again. And I knew that, but I was leading from that place. So what we do is first doing all diving into childhood trauma and really working on shifting through inner child work. We also dive through the different archetypes that are usually running our lives. I'm talking about the pleaser or the prostitute archetype and how to shift from constant self-betrayal to get to a place where you are just looking at yourself with radical self-acceptance, like establishing a new degree of self-love within yourself. And the second part is really working on shifting deeply the child so that you can become a more sovereign adult and more sovereign being where you can meet yourself and take responsibility for your needs and even take responsibility for your dreams to a certain degree, because very often that child within is the dreamer. That child within holds purpose. That child is the version of, is the part of you that is usually, you will see very often children, you ask them, what do you want to be as an adult? They are able to tap to that creative space. But we get, we get through this illusion that when you grow up, you need to bury the child. And that's not true in my experience. When you grow up, you get to lead the child. And the child needs to trust that you, the adult that you have become, you are able to take responsibility for all these needs and how to shift the victim consciousness and to get to a place where you are able to set boundaries, to get to a place where you are able to really be assertive 
and really get also to a place where you are, I want to say, alchemizing the saboteur within you, especially for people that are out there that would like to create something. Like I have been sabotaging this work that I'm doing now for years. And I was like receiving the impulse. I should be doing this. I should, you know, get my training to be able to do this. And I was like, no, who am I to think I can do that? Oh, I need to know step one, step two, step three, step four, step 100 before I I can take step one. I wasn't willing to surrender and to trust that I actually have something to offer. So getting to a place where you learn to work a little bit more intuitively and to trust your own guidance is also something that we do. And integrate is a container where I really give people time to be seen in a circle that feels safe. Like this is a place I really put a high value on safety because I know safety and connection are prerequisites for deep healing and integration and transformation. And so how do we sign up for this too? Um, how do we sign um, up? in order to sign up for it there is um we opened the we we are starting in april okay we opened um the page on my website where people can apply for integrate and we are gonna start enrollment like the wait list is open there is a on my website xaviardagba.com slash integrate there is all the information about this package and people can you know tune in for that wait list there. We are beginning, you know, next week, we are starting the enrollment process to get people signed up in Integrate. And um, the reason why we have that enrollment, that application is because I want to have people in the group that have already been kind of initiated to the work. Very often when people come and work with me and there is some sort of foundational work that is missing, I know they're not going to have the biggest experience. Mm-hmm. And I've run this program already in enough time to see if I can make sure, okay, this person is attuned to things like meditation or is attuned to like working or has this kind of background and this foundational work, I can bring them to a bigger experience, a bigger shift, a bigger transformation. So if anyone is really willing to dive in in a way that they probably didn't experience before, I'm inviting them to reach, to go there. And I'm really confident about the transformation that they can experience. XavierDogba.com. We will put a link in the YouTube uh, page for the show, as well as on the Apple podcast page. Um, I, we are going to speak to, well, I'm sure I'm hopefully again, you'll come back and talk to us. I think there's reparenting is an episode. I think there's one on shadow work and, um, I love what you're doing. And I know behind the scenes, I'm going to champion you. And I, and my wife who created this show, because it really was her intention. She went through a brain tumor and went on a journey to do a lot of work on herself and learn a lot. And it just came back to her like, this is the show I want to do. I'll spend money. I'll put in all my time. I don't care. That's going to be my greater purpose than no disrespect to being on the red carpet. She'll still do that when and if she's asked, but this is really what, uh, so she's, so anyways, you credit me, you're crediting really her because this was her vision. I've been a facilitator as this Kelsey, but thank yeah. you, Xavier. And I consider you such a friend now. And, um, 
and I can't wait to do more with you and I can't wait to share you uh, with the world. Um, you're very special. Just please keep up the great work and know we're always here for you too. It's a deep honor, honestly. I'm getting shivers as you're speaking mm -hmm. and um, I wish I had the chance to speak with Maria because um, the work that you guys are doing is fantastic and I hope she can hear that um, some way. She will. Um, so thank you so much for just having me and I am just humbled that I get the chance to share what I do with you guys and with all your listeners. Thank you. As are we. And yeah, next time we'll be, yeah, I can't wait to get you with Maria. So thank you. Okay, Kelsey. So, um, and better together heel squad fans. That was part one of our incredible interview with Xavier Dogba. Um, we didn't expect it to be a two part interview. Uh, I was having so many personal breakthroughs. Me too. I just couldn't stop. And uh, at some point, I just said, well, you know, let's, if he's willing to let it go, which he, thank goodness, was. He was so gracious of his time. Um, but there's much to process in just part one, uh, Kelsey. And, uh, but hang on, because part two, there's just Ugh. so many more uh, tools that he offers and that are just so incredibly timely. Yeah. We moved Kelsey too. Beyond. Really? I have I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I've you said it a couple times, but I've loved him for a minute and just like he, you you talk about how angels speak through certain people and use them as vessels like yeah. holy cow. He is. He is just touched and really? he's he's so he's such a light light soul too. It's like he doesn't he doesn't have the, a lot of people when they I feel like talk about this stuff. It's hard. It's hard to understand them or they're heavy or they're this. He's just has mm -hmm. a way. He's very connected. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for everyone to hear part two. Well, please, you guys continue to subscribe to our channel. We want to try to get our, uh, our subscribers up from mm -hmm. where they are at and um, tell friends about us if you could too. And it's at Xavier Dogba because, you know, mm -hmm. he needs definitely some love. We yep. got to send some love and his way Xavier too. And it's Xavier.dogba. Ah, very good. Duh. But you guys will find him easily. Follow him. He drops gems daily. And until then, what, Kelsey? Be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.